0: Woke up this morning. I was pretty fired. The volume's up. picking up a little bit. This is what you've done. This is where you can grow. I thought today he had a really good day. He making better
1: decisions and better throws. I'm excited about the guys that are here. Today. I thought he spun the ball well. There's a really good vibe right now, and, and it's uh, it's fun. It's so so Back in '82, I used to be able to throw a pigskin quarter mile. Ready?
0: I would be honored if you played football
1: for this team. The football gods are always on the bare shoulder. Go
2: Bears! Go Bears!
1: Go Bears! Go Bears! <sighs> Boy, that escalated
2: quickly. From NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Ho. Are there any signs that there's a bigger issue of disrespect? Is Jordan Love bad? And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. It's clear to me that they're going to make him earn that left tackle spot. There's some good signs there. It's okay to be excited. It's the Adams. The Adams converge. Hogan Johns. And we are underway. What's going on, everyone? Welcome into another off-season episode of the Hogan Johns Podcast. I'm Adam Johns. Uh, Adam Hogue is still on paternity leave after he and his wife welcomed Olivia to their family. Be sure to wish him a special congratulations on social media. Today's special guest in Hogan Johns is the Hall of Famer, the one and only Dan Pompey. What's going on, Dan? Hey, good to be
1: with you, Adam. Good to talk some bears. This time of year is always something to talk about, right? They got a
2: quarterback they do. Although it doesn't really matter who's a quarterback we're going to talk about him but Justin Fields brings a little extra something special to it I think.
1: You know uh the, the beauty of the beauty of uh being around the bears and covering the bears is that there's always a quarterback to talk about, right? It's always the the topic of conversation among bears fans it seems like and uh you know I don't know if if uh if Justin Fields becomes everything that people hope he will, if uh, you know the quarterback position will still be such a uh, a, a point of conversation with Bears fans, they will just shut up about it at some point. But we'll see. It's going to be interesting to watch the young man develop.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, let me get through our usual stuff before we get started. Everybody knows how this goes. You can read me and Dan at theathletic.com. Follow me at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. You can follow Dan at Dan Pompeii. P-O-M-P-E-I. You can can read Adam Hogue at NBC Sports Chicago. Follow him at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E. Check out our shirts at obviousshirts.com. I'm wearing one right now. Uh, Watch us on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button, please. You can listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. Please rate and review us if you can. Also, if you're an Apple Podcast listener, please check out our bonus episodes and others from The Athletic. You can subscribe to them for $1 per month. That's where I'll answer some of your questions. We'll get to some of those today, but more questions will be answered on the Apple Podcast. Dan, that's a lot. Um, I wanted to spend the bulk of this talking about Justin Fields, um, the Bears' plan for him. So just like the the idea of, of a first round rookie quarterback sitting. Like, how does that sit with you in today's NFL? You've, you've covered the NFL, I think everybody knows, for a long time, since 1985. So, the idea of sitting a rookie quarterback, like, how does that sit with you?
1: Well, I think it all depends on the rookie and the circumstances, you know, who else you have a quarterback, where your team is. Uh, there's a lot of different factors that go into that. So, um, you know, I think if it's best that Justin Fields sits, uh, in terms of his development and in terms of uh, the Bears being able to be competitive in 2021, then he should sit. If it's best for his development, uh, that he plays and, and the Bears can win with him, then he should play without a doubt. I mean, uh, you, know, you, you drafted him because you want him to play. And developing him has got to be the first priority right now. There's nothing more important. Uh, for the Bears, short of trying to win a Super Bowl and developing this young man, because um, you know they have put a lot of resources in him, you know, and and if he uh, is everything that they hope he is, you know, he can take them places that they haven't been in a very long time. Uh, so you know, you have to do what's best. Uh, you know, in, in one sense, for the quarterback, and and also. You have to keep your, your your eye on the big picture. Of what's best for the team?
2: Yeah, I always find it's interesting, like how teams decide that too. Like it differs by organization. I think sometimes ownership comes into play. Like I don't know if Joe Burrow should have played last year, given what they had around him. You know, maybe it would have been best to, to sit him. But again, I don't know if they have an Andy Dalton to, to sit him behind. Um, I'm starting to feel sorry for Andy Dalton in in a little <laughs> in a way. I, I don't know if you feel. The same way, Dan, but I feel like every pass, like he can't have good days of practice. He has to have great days of practice in in order for fans to stop talking about Justin Fields. Like Justin Fields is going to wow you with the occasional throw and there's going to be fans at training camp. But Andy Dalton's got to be like perfect for the calls for Justin Fields to stop. I'm starting to feel sorry for the guy.
1: Well, I've seen his paycheck, so I don't feel sorry. (laughs) Uh, I think he knows the deal. You know, he's a veteran. He's been in situations before where, you know, you've seen uh, uh, veterans try to hold off hotshot rookies. And uh, he knows he's holding the seat for Justin Fields. And he's a temp, basically, you know, if he's more than a temp, that means Fields was, uh, you know, a disastrous pick. Um, but but I think, you know, the, the, the only thing that can make Andy Dalton uh, – accepted or, or, you know, uh, fans uh, want him in there is Justin Fields struggling, really, uh, because everybody who is a Bears fan is anxious to see this kid on the field and, you know, they believe that he's the future and um, it's going to be that way until he plays. I and mean, that's just the nature of the situation when you're dealing with, you know, a high first round draft pick, especially someone who's got the kind of pedigree this guy has, the success in college that he had. You know, he's different uh, from, you know, even Patrick Mahomes that way, because Mahomes didn't have the kind of college success that Justin Fields has had. uh, You know, so, you know, there was probably uh, uh, maybe a little bit more patience with him or a little less, uh, more wondering about him, you know, uh, from the standpoint of of Chiefs fans and people around the NFL. uh, Whereas with Fields, you look at what he did in the Big Ten, Ohio State, and you say, well, you know, yeah. You know, there's a lot there you can build on, and and uh, you've seen the success before. So why can't it happen again with the Bears? Yeah,
2: yeah. There's less projection, I think, with Justin Fields as compared to Patrick Mahomes. Definitely Mitch Trubisky, who had that one year of starting in North Carolina. I think that's what makes him considerably a different prospect than Trubisky. Is that everything you just laid out? All the success, all the the big games he played in at college. That makes him a different prospect than Trubisky, but. The Bears wanted to sit Trubisky too. Uh, Mike Glennon's a little bit different than Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton has vastly more starts, but Mitch Trubisky played as a rookie. I think Andy Dal- or, uh, Mike Glennon's failures helped bring that on. But I-, I just like recent history, Dan, says that at some point this season, Justin Fields is going to take the field. All rookie quarterbacks, even Patrick Mahomes ended up getting a start at the end of the year, and he's the outlier in this. But I'm curious, just from your perspective covering the NFL, like, when do you think that changed? Like, rookie quarterbacks didn't always play right away, they didn't always play as rookies. Like, what changed that? Who changed that? Certain teams, certain players, where do you think that, you know, seminal moment was?
1: Well, Adam, I think there were always circumstances where rookie quarterbacks played. You know, again, it, it depends on where that quarterback was, what the team's situation was, uh, who else was on the roster. Um, you know, you go back to uh, uh, 1983, uh, the great year of, of the quarterback draft, and, you know, a, a number of those guys, uh, Dan Marino did not start the season. He was a 25th pick in the, in the draft. He did not start the season as the starter of the Miami Dolphins, but he came on very quickly and ended yeah. up having a great season. Uh, so, you know, I think um, basically you have to uh, uh, judge it on uh, when the quarterback looks like he's ready. And I think when he looks like he's ready, you know, certainly the coaching staff knows, certainly the rest of the team know knows. And, uh, you know, the fans might not know, the media might not know. But those who are with him every day, they know the people who are in there with the meetings, in the meetings, people who are out there at practice. And, uh, you know, that's what you have to judge it by. I think. You really can't look at other quarterbacks and other teams and history with this. You have to really focus in on the situation that you're in and and determine what's best for that situation.
2: How would you maybe characterize the Bears situation then? You have a new defensive coordinator. Uh, you have some aging veterans. You have an offensive line that now has two young rookies, um, potentially a rookie and Tevin Jenkins, the second round pick who could start at left tackle. You have up-and-comers in Cole Komet and David Montgomery. You have Allen Robinson on a franchise, franchise tag here. Darnell Mooney, who's coming to his own. Some bubble receivers in Anthony Miller and Javon Wims. Like, If you're looking at the situation the Bears have built for Justin Fields or any quarterback, really, is it favorable to you or unfavorable? I, I think it's improved since 2017 when Mitch Trubisky was a rookie.
1: I would agree with that. You know, I would say, you know, if you follow the money, which I always try to do because that usually tells the story, you would say that this is a team that is built to win now in 2021 and, and you know, shortly after, uh, because things are going to get more difficult when you go into the years following that with, you know, some of the contract obligations they have. And uh, they're going to have to be making some moves. I mean, the other thing is they've got this great advantage that. All the teams search for now, and that you've got a low paid quarterback, you know for the next few years. Uh, uh, relatively low paid, I, I should say, you know, in Justin Fields, because when you've got a quarterback who's making thirty million dollars a year, it takes away resources, takes away salary cap money, takes away cash that you could give players at other positions. Right now, the Bears are are giving that money in that cap space two players on defense and Allen Robinson and different players across the, the roster. So, um, you know, this is kind of a sweet spot for the Bears. It, it feels, you know, it feels can come on quickly. That would be huge for this organization because then they would have, you know, a couple of years where they still have all of those defensive players or most of those defensive players, you know, at, at a peak situation or near peak situation where they're being paid a lot of money. And then you've also got, young dynamic quarterback who's making plays and making a difference, uh, hopefully.
2: <laughs> that's the dream, right? That's the that's, that's the plan with all the, the teams that draft rookie quarterbacks want to do. And with with the Bears, it's interesting too. Like They're paying Andy Dalton and Nick Foles a lot of money as well. And next year, they're off the books. It's kind of like a, a, there's two things going on here. You got this win now season with some of these players. But then next year, you almost have this unique opportunity where you're going to be a team with – It's flush with cap space. You may have to re-sign Allen Robinson. You got to get that deal done eventually, but you're almost going into like not not a short term rebuild, but an opportunity to to reload almost quickly. Robert Quinn could be off your books. Like you could go pursue younger, better free agents, or you could continue to build through the draft, whatever you want to do, but you have options after this year, after certain contracts leave your books and you're now flush with salary cap space.
1: Right, well, the thing is, you want uh, you want the contracts to remain if they're producers, though. Yes. Uh, and and you hope that, uh, you know, you've got a, a situation with Akeem Hicks that's very interesting, uh, you know, who has been one of the, the most valuable players on the team. He's got a little age on him, but, you know, if he can continue to maintain his level of performance uh, that, that he's been at for most of the last few years, well, then he's a guy you'd want to sign back again, and he would take up a lot of that cash and cap space that you're talking about. You know, Robinson's another guy like that. You know, and you've got some other young players who, if they develop, continue to develop the way the Bears want them to, you're going to have to start talking about contract extensions too. So, you know, um, these things kind of have a way of, of taking care of themselves, but uh, certainly, uh, you know, the the potential to add more uh, through free agency or trades or uh, as you say even the draft uh, is something that you know is it, always going to be uh, helpful when you're talking about to taking advantage of that young quarterback
2: I'm talking to Dan Pompey from the Athletic be sure to check him at theathletic.com you can follow him on twitter at Dan danpompey Dan the history of bear the bears and drafting quarterbacks what have you like learned about the the city's Desire to to have one <laughs> since they never had one. Like in terms of covering that, the how these quarterbacks have maybe had their good moments and then flamed out miserably. I mean, it goes back a long time here in terms of drafting ones in the first round. How would you just encapsulate like everything? Like the Bears have tried to get this position right. Like I, I think there's a misconception out here that the Bears aren't trying to win and stuff like that. You know old misconceptions about the McCaskey family and whatnot. They're, they're trying their general managers are taking big swings and miss, and they're just missing on the quarterback position. So in terms of covering them and finding, I don't want to say similarities, but how their stories unfold, like what have you taken away from it? You know, going all the way back to McMahon to, and to now to Trubisky and fields. Like, what do you take away from all of it?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, uh, and you and I and John Greenberg and Kevin Fishman, and a lot of other people, uh, contributed to that big series we did on the Bears quarterbacks uh, history recently. And uh, as you say, there are many, many examples of this team trying, you know, go back to, you know, the, the post or the the end of the Sid Luckman era, you know, when they were desperately trying to bring in quarterback, they brought in some really some great quarterbacks, but they didn't end up keeping them, you know, and, and Johnny Lujak and um, uh, Bobby Lane and George Blanda. Of course, he wasn't Always playing quarterback for the Bears at the time, but um, you know they—they—they've uh, uh, they, been trying. It, it just it hasn't always worked, you know. And and then uh, um, when I started covering the Bears, of course McMahon uh, was a starter, but he couldn't stay healthy. So uh, the team went out and they, you know, they tried to trade for Doug Flutie. Uh, then they drafted Jim Harbaugh, you know, and um, uh, you know that, that worked to a degree, but. Uh, you know, they had to keep trying, you know, uh, and the nineties came along and came Eric Kramer, who was a big free agent acquisition and they traded for Rick Meyer, first round pick, you know, they, they, they've done everything you can do to try. The problem is, you know, it's hard to find the right quarterback is, and they're not the only team that struggled with that. I mean, that's, that's a league wide issue for the most part unless you're uh, in Wisconsin. I think it's the one this. <laughs> where. They they haven't figured out it. They've figured it out repeatedly. So, um, you know, I think uh, you need a little luck at the quarterback position, and the Bears haven't had a lot of that. Uh, so maybe this is the time that changes.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say, do you think they got some luck now with Fields, at least dra- like dropping into the range to, to to trade up? It's just part of it. Almost feels too good to be true. But here we are talking about the guy as the the fourth quarterback taken that year because he fell out of the top 10. Maybe this is the the luck Bears fans have been finally waiting for.
1: Well, there's no question it was lucky that he was available because he wasn't supposed to be available. And, you know, the circumstances uh, were pretty incredible. I mean, I, I never foresaw something like this happening where they were able to, to move up to get him at the spot they were. Uh, so, so there's no question that it was lucky. But, you know, whether or not he ends up being the quarterback they think that, he is is another issue you know the the flip side of this is you know there were 14 teams that didn't think he was the answer so you know um it, it's not a it's not a slam dunk that justin Fields is going to be uh you know a great all-pro quarterback and uh, mvp that delivers the bears to the promised land um you know that's uh that remains to be seen And you know part of that too i mean obviously the bulk of that is on Justin Fields, but part of that is on the Bears. I think one of the things that they failed to do in their history is develop a quarterback and surround him with the right pieces. You know, whether it be the offensive coach, the system, uh, the the off the wide receivers. My gosh, you know, Johnny Morris is still a Bears all-time <laughs> wide receiver. Uh, you know, the running game, the offensive line, uh, the, and, and then the defense. I mean. You know, there are a lot of things that go into making a quarterback great. And, uh, you know, you wonder sometimes if you'd taken a, a quarterback uh, who's on another team who's had a lot of success and you put them on the Bears, if they would have had the same success, because uh, like I said, the Bears haven't always given their quarterbacks the resources they need uh, to be everything that they can be. Yeah.
2: And that's why, like, it starts with Trubisky. Kyle Long once gave me this great quote but when... The draft of Trubisky, and it's what did he say? It's it's basically like he was ready for us, but we weren't ready for him. The 2017 roster had a lot of holes. I think the 2021 roster, there's question marks, but there's no question that the Bears are in a better spot after going to the playoffs two out of three years. Yeah, you could try to discount last year, but they still finished in contention, playoff contention, to to sneak in. You know, there. So situations are a bit different. Um, Dan, before I let you go, I got to ask you about the Bears' potential move, or at least the the appearance of a potential move to Arlington Racetrack in Arlington Heights, Illinois. Um, obviously, everybody knows that the Bears put out a statement about the potential bid on that. Um, what do you think about that?
1: Well, I think uh, it's it's not a uh, ploy to. a better negotiation with soldier field i think it's a move that bears are interested in making uh, because they're looking down the road you know at 10 12 years from now uh, when soldier field probably no longer is going to fill their needs in terms of economics and uh, you know they need to think big picture long term about a new stadium that can give them the kind of revenue streams that you know the loss. Vegas Raiders get from their stadium, that the Los Angeles Rams get from theirs, that the Dallas Cowboys, Minnesota Vikings, Atlanta Falcons. You know, um, a stadium gets old really quickly in the NFL and sports. And, uh, you know, Soldier Field has been a good home for the Bears, but it's the smallest stadium in the league. And uh, the the Bears have the potential, I think, uh, to make a lot more money from their stadium, which would therefore increase the value of their franchise significantly and that's something that they have to be concerned about doing moving forward you know i mean who knows what's going to happen with a franchise long term uh, but they have to do everything they can to enhance their organization as much as possible
2: i've always thought this and i want to hear what you think about this quickly george mccaskey is very proud of what the bears are especially being a founding franchise in that history but he wants them to be at the forefront of everything like it's the updates it it's it a hell of it's the the aggressiveness to get that quarterback right it's now it's this maybe aggressiveness to get that stadium like i think George McCaskey knows what he sees or I, I he sees what he like what what's in his division in terms of those stadiums and he wants the bears to have the best to be the best at everything and have the best i just get that sense that George George McCaskey could be a driving force in all of this in terms of updating whether it's updating Soldier Field or finally building that massive new stadium that Bears fans deserve.
1: Yeah, I think he he definitely is. I mean, he's the guy who's in charge of the the organization and uh, I think their mindset has changed. You know, it's not the same as it was in late nineties when they were going through the negotiations with the city for for Soldier Field. And, you know, they settled for a stadium that, you know, uh, like I said, had a good purpose and and, and was fine, but uh, you know, initially i think they wanted much more and and uh, they had to accept what they could get from the city uh, but i think things have changed now and you know the value of the bears franchise has changed you know they're i believe forbes ranked them seventh most valuable in in the nfl and 18th most valuable sports franchise in the world you know you're talking about a multi-billion dollar company now uh that has some muscle and has some ability to do things that the Bears have never had before. So I think, um, you know, it makes sense that they're looking at this in a different way.
2: Dan, thanks so much. Um, Everybody, if you're listening or watching, you can follow Dan on Twitter at Dan Pompey. You can read him at theathletic, athletic.com. Thank you, Dan.
1: Okay. My pleasure, Adam. Thank you.
2: Looking for an assist with your credit card,
0: but can't get a hold of anyone?
2: If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business casual men's wear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box, watching the game later with your friends, maybe getting a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention, and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces Head to Roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to R-H-O-N-E.com slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. It's time for our Q&A session. Um, I like kind of like doing this with, without Hogue here. and keeps the conversation going. I know everybody... Has a lot of questions beyond Justin Fields and beyond potential stadium moves for the Bears. So I'm here to answer what you have. So let's get to it. This is from Keith James on Twitter. Why is Jimmy Graham still a Bear and Kyle Fuller is not? Um, I, I got to be honest. Like This question has come up a, a few times, and I get that the Bears have issues at cornerback, but Kyle Fuller had a $20 million cap hit for this season. So he was always, the possibility of him getting released or his contract getting renegotiated was always on the table. And once that contract could not be renegotiated, once a pay cut couldn't be agreed to, because let me tell you, that was discussed as well. So all things were on the table with Kyle Fuller. Um, So once they couldn't get that salary cap number lower there's no guaranteed money left so it was it was going to be time to move on and yes the bears probably need Kyle Fuller and yes the bears could probably save a little bit money by releasing Jimmy Graham but it's not much it, it really isn't and the bears do value what Jimmy Graham brings offensively he scored a lot of touchdowns last year they like what he brings in terms of being a mentor for Cole Komet. you know eventually it's going to wear off all those things but they do like what Jimmy Graham brings to the offense um and the salary cap savings by releasing him isn't that significant. It just it just really isn't. And I think you would have to keep some of him actually on your books a little bit longer past this season. So that Kyle Fuller twenty million dollar cap hit was just was just unhealthy for the Bears books. And once the contract, once his contract could not be wasn't renegotiated, um, it was time to move on. And you saw him sign that one year deal, just a one year deal with the Denver Broncos. All right, this is from Michael, Michael Rowland on Twitter. Does Jake Butt just have to beat out Jesper Horstead to make the 53? Jake Butt was signed after being at minicamp uh, as a tryout player. Jake Butt was uh, a draft pick. Let me confirm when he was drafted, actually. But the Bears do have a hole beyond... like, like They have Cole Komet and Jimmy Graham, and then it's wide open. So just in terms of... Going back to the Jimmy Graham conversation, you sort of still need Jimmy Graham because you just can't have Cole Komet being your only sure thing to make the roster on your roster. You need help there. You have J.P. Holtz. You have Jesper Horstead. You have some young developmental guys, but you need more there. That's why the Bears worked out some tight ends during minicamp. And you have Jake Butt, a guy who's dealt with a lot of injuries since being drafted in the fifth round by the Denver Broncos in 2017. This was a guy who was a pretty darn good tight end at the University of Michigan in college. has battled injuries since he looked all right. Um, actually played quite well during minicamp. I took note of him a couple times. Um, that is uh, an area of concern. Again, beyond Cole Komet, beyond Jimmy Graham, the Bears have a wide open competition there for number three, number four tight end, and I think they will keep four. So, yes, I think Jake Butt has a chance to make the roster, and, yes, I think Jesper Horstead is probably the only guy standing in his way in terms of doing so. This is from Tom Hiller on Twitter. Why is Danny Trevathan still on the roster? Let me let me tell you, Tom. Like Danny Trevathan looked pretty darn good in minicamp. Yeah, yeah, so it was only a few days, but he looked fast. He looked like the the old Danny Trevathan. I'm telling you, I don't want to blow up what's going on in rookie minicamp when everybody is in shorts and helmets and there's no hitting, but some of the loudest cheers that I heard was Danny Trevathan being in perfect position on a swing pass out of the backfield or something crossing over the middle, something short crossing over the middle, and being in perfect position to light the receiver up, and everybody on the defensive sideline Went crazy. He looked in good shape. He looked fast. I know there were some concerns coming out of of last season. Didn't look like himself, especially in the early going. I want to say some of that might have been related to the COVID year and not having an offseason program. But Danny Trevathan, that's a proud player. That's a leader on this Bears roster. And he looked in good shape. He looked fast. Whether or not that carries over into training camp and then the preseason, the regular season, that remains to be seen. But just in terms of initial impressions in minicamp, He looked good. Plus, why is he still on the roster? He's got a guaranteed money. He's still in the Bears' books for the next two years. So he's not going anywhere anytime soon. So um, just wanted to give you that dose of optimism and that dose of reality that Danny Gervaithan is still signed. That's why he's still on the roster. Um, This is from Milos on Twitter. Who wins the nickel quarterback job? Who is currently the favorite? The favorite, everybody's Duke Shelley, the sixth-round pick from a couple years ago. Um, he was out there working it excuse me with the starters during rookie minicamp. I know Thomas Graham, the rookie this year, is expected to push him, but during veteran minicamp, um Duke Shelley was your leader. He was the one playing with the starters. And he was there during OTAs as well. So you know he wants to earn it. And the Bears just really like how feisty he is. He's a quick player. He's not the biggest, but Bryce Callahan wasn't the biggest. And the Bears found a gem in him, just couldn't stay healthy. Now, Duke Shelley brings a little tenacity. He's aggressive. He's feisty. You like all that in the slot. Um, So he's your current favorite. Maybe the rookie, Thomas Graham, can push him in trading camp. But I didn't see much of that during veteran minicamp or really during OTAs. Duke Shelley is like he's your leader at the nickel cornerback spot. It's not a wide-open competition like it is at cornerback where you have the veteran Desmond Trufant um, being pushed by Kendall Vildor, uh, the fifth-round pick from last year. I actually think Vildor might actually have the lead going into training camp. I wouldn't be surprised if Vildor is out there starting or is out there with the starters to start training camp come late July, Uh, but Duke Shelley will be next to him in the slot. That's what we saw in minicamp. All right, one more question before we go. This is from Matt Schreiber on Twitter. Wouldn't it be so awesome if we can all get fired up about a prolific and exciting offense to watch this season? What changes, if any, do you think we can expect from Matt Nagy's offensive play calling? I like this conversation because I think it's so nuanced. And at least where I am right now, I am stuck on what happened in 2019. That was supposed to be the year where Mitch Trubisky takes that big jump, that next step in his development, and he just did not just make it. To me, it was those missed deep shots. The perfect play calls by Matt Nagy where you have Taylor Gabriel streaking open and the throw for Mr. Trubisky is missed. There are numerous examples from that season in almost every game, every game in 2019. I think that frustrated the hell out of Matt Nagy. I think that changed uh, Mr. Trubisky's standing with the team. Those were the shots that needed to be hit for Mitch Trubisky in order for himself to really win over Matt Nagy, really cement himself as a starter, not only for the Bears, but in the division and in the league. Just just those are passes you need to hit as a first-round quarterback, especially when you're taken high, is taken as high as Trubisky, and it just didn't happen. So what can you expect from Matt Nagy this year? Well, I think the offensive line could be a bit better, especially with Tevin Jenkins' left tackle. So I actually think Matt Nagy will stick with the run game a bit more. I know that sounds crazy because he hasn't done it, but I think they're actually finally built to do that up front. That's where it starts. And whether it's Andy Dalton or Justin Fields getting his feet wet uh, this year as a rookie starter, you're going to need that run game. But then you're going to have those deep shots. Andy Dalton hit a few during rookie minicamp, and Justin Fields hit a lot. During, I keep calling it rookie minicamp. During minicamp, um, he had a lot of those passes. And I think that's going to be the significant difference between him and Trubisky is his ability to hit those shots, those passes over 20 yards and down the field. If Matt Nagy can get that in his offense, if he can get those play calls dialed up and everything runs smoothly and the quarterback hits those plays, if Justin Fields hits those plays... Your offense will be different. You could get fired up about that. It'll be more prolific, to use your word, and more exciting, to use your other words. So just be, uh, just watch out for that. Come training camp, Matt. All right. Uh, that's it. Sorry if I'm rambling here, everybody. Um, we got one more podcast next week uh, to wrap up the offseason. I think Jeff Joniak, the Bears play-by-play radio broadcaster, is going to join me next week to talk some Bears. Um, But until then, read me at theathletic.com. Follow me at Adam Johns. Uh, Thank you to Dan Pompei for joining today's podcast. You can follow him at Dan Dan Pompei on Twitter. And reach out to Adam Hogue uh, on Twitter as well. Send him again uh, a congratulations on the birth of his daughter, Olivia. Um, You can follow him at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E. You can follow or you can read him too on com.